This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, August the 6th. We've got plenty coming up, including a gold for one of Kent's athletes at the Olympics. Plus, we'll have news on how your energy bills could be about to go up. But first, the mum of a little boy from Kings Hill who was abused by his birth parents says she's heartbroken that he needs even more surgery. Tony Hudgel has already had to have both legs amputated. Now he needs metal plates in his jaw, which isn't growing properly after being damaged when he was a baby. The six-year-old has been to see specialists in London. Mum Paula has been speaking to Katya and says it was devastating news. We had a new appointment at Great Ormond Street Hospital um, with a rheumatologist um, for his wrist and they had also picked up on his um, chin um, and we'd always known that his chin was quite small, um, but we thought probably it was hereditary or genetic or what have you. Didn't realise that actually it was going to cause that much of a, an issue. Um, and it turns out that obviously it was trauma and infection to his face um, that has stopped his jaw from growing, forming properly, um, which will mean that he'll need metal plates in at um a later date. What was that like for you when you found out? Was it unexpected? Um, yes, it was. Like I say, I, I knew that there was this, a little issue with his chin because we know when he's been intubated for any of his operations, he's a grade four, which is quite serious. Um, but we just assumed that, you know, it was genetic so but to actually hear that it was actually caused by trauma again was really really difficult to to bear um knowing that you know it just seems like every part of his body they they injured and um yeah I was just so upset and so and I think the fact that it's his face as well you know his beautiful face and um, what's the next stages now in terms of treatment going forward obviously you know he's going to need operations uh, throughout the rest of his childhood and into his adulthood as well and probably lifelong Um, and I think the hardest thing to bear was that I thought yesterday and I was just so upset and I thought actually this time next year um, his biological parents are preparing to be released from prison um, and yet Tony's still going on to endure all these um, problems going forward still Um, and even at the court case we thought you know, that was severe enough, but there's so many things that have come out since then, like his hearing loss, um, his wrist, um, you know, that these are all added issues to obviously losing his legs as well. And just touching on that point there of his parents being, biological parents being um, eligible for parole next year, with this news, how does that make you feel? You know, you were always, I think you always had feelings about it before, but now hearing this new update, um, you know, that must be something really difficult to go through. Yeah, absolutely. To, to, you know, knowing that Tony's going to endure ongoing and that they're going to be released um september next year is quite hard to digest um 
that you, and it's actually made Tony's law so much more important now that you know um if there are any more baby Tonys out there or there will be in the future I mean I pray to God there won't be because you know the horrific abuse that he suffered um that you know there needs to be more justice for them and with Tony's law that's you know we'll keep fighting we will not give up and I know uh, Tom Tugendhat and myself you know we're really hopeful for this we you know we're we're progressing really well and and hopefully we can make that change. And lastly, but so certainly not least, how's Tony thrilled? Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's been an absolute diamond, you know, um three full days in London for hospital appointments and he's just smashed them all, you know. He's just his attitude is he, he, he just takes it all in his stride. I, I think it affects me more than it affects him. You know, it breaks my heart every time. Um, and yet he just smiles through it. And even having his blood taken yesterday, and it was a lot of blood he had to have taken, he just went, let's do this, you know. And I just, oh, he inspires me every day. And, you know, he's, he's an absolute... He's my hero, my absolute hero. We do wish Tony and Paula all the very best and, of course, we'll keep you updated on his progress and that of the campaign for tougher sentences. Kent Online News. An inquest has heard a 10-year-old girl died of catastrophic brain injuries after being hit by a car near her home in Dartford. Lily May Lockwood, who went to Brent Primary School, was struck by an Audi in Watling Street last month. A full inquest will be held in December. A man who was arrested at the time has been released on bail. A Syrian refugee living in England says he's not surprised so many people are risking their lives in small boats crossing the channel to Kent. Ahmed al-Rashid arrived here in 2015 in the back of a lorry after being tricked into getting into a dinghy from Turkey to Greece. Well, he decided not to risk the channel crossing by boat, but following another daily record number of crossings this week, he says he understands why so many still do. It's really hard to know what are the motives of everyone who's crossing, but I would say, generally speaking, quite a lot of people, I would say, would be making it out of desperation. I mean, why would force you to risk your life and put you know, in a very, perhaps one of the most dangerous routes you know, in the world? Um, if it hadn't been for, for desperation or the hope to get perhaps to family uh, or friends or, or, or relatives uh, where you can uh, again uh, see, um, apply for asylum and if you've got a genuine case and then that will be decided. But generally I would say in, in lots of the cases, at least the people I knew were out of desperation because they've been through quite a lot. They've been through bombing, at least the ones I know from Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, bombing and shelling and ISIS and radical groups and this. so you've sort of witnessed all sort of death first first hand you know you experience everything and this is something that quite different to what lots of people have been through. More than 10,000 people have now made the dangerous journey across the channel this year and charities are continuing to call on the government to make safe routes to the UK available. Amnesty International, Refugee Action and Detention Action say more needs to be done. The Home Secretary has repeatedly said she would make the channel route unviable. At Kent Online today, you can see the moment a climate change campaigner daubed paint on the offices of a fossil fuel insurance firm in Chatham. Richard Eyre from Gravesend targeted 
targeted the Lloyds of London base, accusing the company of greenwashing the public into thinking it was trying to protect the planet. He was arrested before later being released without charge. A spokesman for the company says it's working towards a more sustainable insurance and reinsurance marketplace. This is our most read story today and it's claimed lives have been put at risk after a mirror helping drivers to get out of a pub's car park near Canterbury was removed by highway workers. The landlord of the Royal Oak in Upstreet had installed it but spotted council staff taking it away. Turns out you need permission to install them which he claims is bureaucracy gone mad. The council say they limit their use to roads where there's evidence they reduce accidents. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. Next today, and a Kent MP says a hike in energy bills was inevitable. It's feared many families could be plunged into fuel poverty following a rise to the energy price cap. Bills could go up by as much as £139 because of a rise in the cost of raw materials. Greg Clark, who represents Tunbridge Wells, used to be the energy secretary. I brought in the energy price cap because people were uh, were spending far more money than they ought to have been because they were loyal to particular suppliers. And how the cap works is that Ofgem, objectively and independently, look at what's happened to underlying gas prices and they adjust the cap to reflect that. Now one of the things that's happened over uh, the last few months is that the price of oil and gas has increased, so it was inevitable that the price to consumers uh, has uh, increased. But what is, uh, and it's, it's tough I know for people to, uh, to pay uh, that, but what the, the, the energy price cap continues to do is to, to limit the increase only to what is reflective of the underlying costs of the gas that have to be uh, bought in world markets. So there is that reassurance that people aren't going to be ripped off by people taking advantage uh, of the loyalty that sometimes people have to particular suppliers. He was speaking there to our colleagues at KMTV. Well, you can let us know what you think about the hike by commenting today on our socials. And at Kent Online, we've got a guide on how to switch suppliers. Police have released a CCTV image of a man they're looking for after an alleged sexual assault in Maidstone. It's reported a member of staff was touched inappropriately by a customer at a shop off King Street last month. You can see the image at Kent Online. Now, you might remember we told you last week about a chemical leak at a Hermes depot in Aylesford. Fifteen people were treated by paramedics after a liquid leaked from a parcel. It's now been revealed it was fabric softener. Bosses in Herne Bay are going to ban the use of plastic crabbing gear on the pier. It's a popular pastime for many heading to the coast, but there's a concern the lines and nets could end up in the sea and damage wildlife. Supermarkets are being urged not to sell them, and only those with biodegradable kits will be allowed to catch crustaceans. Hawlings getting its first ever blue plaque to honour a First World War hero. Sergeant Thomas Harris, who was awarded the Victoria Cross, was killed on the Somme in the final months of the conflict. The plaque will be unveiled this weekend and is on his family home on the High Street. A bar based in a lighthouse has been voted the best in Kent. The lighthouse champagne bar on Folkestone Harbour Arm has won the 2021 Muddy Stilettos Award. An NHS worker and lorry driver from Sittingbourne are celebrating, winning £300,000 on the National Lottery. Linda and Stuart Priston, who've been married for 34 years, say they have no plans for 
early retirement, though. And a reminder, the Red Arrows are due to perform in Kent this weekend. They'll be in Folkestone on Sunday, along with the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight and Stamp Formation team. Organisers say the best views will be from the Lees area in the town. We've got details on the website at the times of the displays and best places to park. Kent Online Sport. First to the Olympics and Kent's Kate French has won gold in the modern pentathlon. The 30-year-old from Mepham made up five places in the laser run, which is a 3.2-kilometre run with three rounds of shooting, to become Olympic champion. The event also involved a round of fencing, a 200-metre swim and horse jumping. Also at the Games, some Kent hockey stars have helped Team GB win bronze. They beat India 4-3 earlier. Canterbury's Grace Ballsden scored the winner. Orpington's Dina Asher-Smith is also an Olympic bronze medalist after Team GB came third in the women's 4 by 100 metre relay. Now, as we told you yesterday, there was huge disappointment for Kent race walker Tom Bosworth as he finished 25th in the 20-kilometre event. The 31-year-old from Tunbridge has now posted a heartbreaking video on Twitter, apologising for letting fans down. He says nothing felt right from the off, but has promised to be back. Well, here's what Tom had to say. Everyone, I'm really, really sorry for letting you all down and I can't thank you all enough for your messages of support and good luck before the race. It means a world and I'm proud to be a double Olympian. I'm proud to have finished that race because I wanted to stop so early. Nothing felt right from the off. No excuses here. I didn't perform and it's not good enough and I will work harder and be back better, stronger, faster in the future and I will make my country proud and those who supported me day in day out with the sacrifices and the hard work that is required to be an athlete I want to thank you so much because I couldn't do this on my own without you all and I'm really really sorry sport is cruel but I know what it takes to be at the the front of races and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my head up high because I'm proud that I finished that race I wasn't anywhere near my best. That wasn't me at my best and it's humiliating and not what I wanted from the Olympic Games. I really feel like I've let a lot of people down and I know you will all say you won't, but this is my job and that wasn't good enough. This was not what I give every single day for and sacrifice so much because it's, I know what it takes to get there and, and perform and I didn't do any of that this time round and We'll reassess, we'll rest up now and we'll come back for more because I'm not finished with that, that's for sure. So thank you all. Thank you for your support and everything. Certainly no need to apologise, Tom, and we're all behind you 100%. Away from Tokyo and the football season gets underway for Gillingham this weekend. They welcome Lincoln City to Priestfield tomorrow after a pretty disrupted pre-season following an outbreak of covid well, the Jules finished the last campaign in 10th in the League One table, narrowly missing out on the playoffs. Midfielder Ollie Lee has been speaking to Joe Coshin from our colleagues at KMTV. He can't wait to welcome supporters back to Priestfield. We saw in previous seasons the Rainer men seem to stack the ball into the goal, so they do make such a big difference and we really do get a good atmosphere, so we're, we're buzzing for them to be back in on Saturday and the crowds can only get bigger and hopefully it'll get us even better performances. What do you make of the squad for this season? Yeah, we're looking good. We're looking really good. We've got some good signings, good players have come in, good people have come in, which makes a big difference. And uh, we're looking to push on and hopefully better what we've done the last two seasons. Do you think you can? Yeah, without a doubt. We're always confident. I mean, you look in the dressing room, we've got some good players. We've kept the majority of the squad from the previous seasons, which is always important. And we've got that continuity in the team. So I think we can. there's no reason that we can't go and kick on and beat that 10th place position. Do you think the fans 
push you on as well. I, I suppose, did that have an impact? Did it feel different? Oh, without a doubt, massively different. It, it wasn't, you don't have that same buzz, that same excitement. I mean, you do it professional pride and you've got the same thing and you want to go and win, but the fans do really give you that extra two, three, four, five percent, whatever it is, and it, it makes a difference that roar from the crowd when you win a tackle, score a goal, things like that. It gives you that buzz, that energy, and that's what we've missed. And like I said, late goals, we've got a lot of late goals here two years ago when I was alone, and that was partly because of the fans. They, they started the ball in the goal. Um, Lincoln on Saturday, how tough will that be? They were looking to go up. Yeah, obviously they were unfortunate last year and they, they were one of the better sides I thought we played last year. I know we've done very well against them away, but here at home they, they, they're a really good side and on their day they're very good. I mean, they've lost a few good players, but I'm sure they've replaced them with a few as well. So it'll be a tough challenge, but we love a tough challenge here and we, we look forward to beating them. How important is it to hit the ground running? Yeah, I mean, you always want to try and get a win early doors. It, it sets, sets you up for the season, really, doesn't it? And then it builds confidence, and that's what you need. You've got a, a new group and a few new players come in. So if we can get that win on the board, it, it makes all the difference early doors. Kickoff tomorrow is at three, and you'll be able to follow the match action live at kentonline.co.uk. And finally, Kent's cricketers have been back in one-day cup action. The Spitfires are still without a win in the competition and have travelled to take on Middlesex. It's been a bit disrupted by the rain that's around today, but you can listen to our sister radio station, KMFM for details on how they got on. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk